0: One of the most disturbing speeches and I think one of the most landmark speeches that we will come to recognize in history is this so called red speech given by Biden recently uh, and, and i 'm bringing it up because as you know ari we, we are not interested in just kind of relaying the news of the instant moment, but rather um, so something that we think will be have lasting effects right This is not a a podcast of minutiae. It's, it's about big ideas and everything else. But this is a moment uh, in history, I believe, that will resonate for many years to come, perhaps decades to come, and how disturbing this speech was by Biden. Now, naturally, a lot of our friends on the left uh, will think that this was a powerful speech. He uh, was great what he was saying, and he was speaking boldly. Um, no doubt, he felt uh, fantastic about himself, and he thought it was going to be great. I'm going to play a little clips here and there, but and we'll discuss it at length. But first of all, the background, uh, the strange red background, uh, not not too clear what that was all about. If you pan out, you'll see some blue background as well, so maybe suggestive of the American uh, colors, red, white, and blue. But uh, what the way he was actually played on TV, it's only red background. It's a very Weird. It's uh, you, you think Star Wars um, at some point with uh, Palpatine, and he looks like Palpatine, and he and he talks like
1: Palpatine. No, okay. Palpatine looked was a lot more handsome. Better. Yeah, okay. And Palpatine, when he spoke, you could at least understand what he was talking about. Anywho, uh,
0: there are also two Marines in the background, which suggested somehow that he's evoking the military and the greatness and valor of the United States of America. And that he really knows what's what. So, obviously, this is a very partisan speech designed to attack uh, the Republicans, more, more the, uh, you know, he, he wants to make a distinction, the MAGA Republicans. Um, but it's, it's interesting. So, I want to play some of these clips and then maybe explore a little bit more because you, you just got to hear what you've got. What you, maybe you've heard a lot of this already, but let's explore it in depth.
2: Is they embody equality and democracy? are the rock upon which this nation is built. They're how we became the greatest nation on Earth. They're why, for more than two centuries, America has been a beacon to the world.
0: OK, so let's just explore that for a second, because I'm a little confused here. Because uh, I, I, as I understand it, certainly the progressive wing of the party talks about how awful America is that it was founded upon slavery 1619 and all that um, and <laughs>
1: what, a, what a great point yeah you know, uh, remember right. i told you uh, offline a story about the the ever changing you know faces of liberalism and how I, re- I remember back when they were all code pinkers you know yeah. and you're right uh, oh, I remember the 1619 Project, oh, 18 months ago, and we, how we were founded in sin. And now, oh, my God, the founders were heroes? They'll get, I guess we can put their statues back up now. So seriously, they, they want
0: to have it both ways. I and mean, you're right, Ari. I mean, this is this is a very disturbing sort of trend. You have this beacon of – suddenly America is the beacon of, of liberty and greatness. Uh, like, I, okay, <laughs> tell that to your – your young folk, tell it to that Antifa, tell it to the BLM marchers, that tell it to the 1619 Project. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. Do you, do you know who your base is anymore? Because I don't think you do. I just don't. I'm going to continue on.
2: Well, as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began. To speak as plainly as I can.
0: Okay, so equality and democracy are under assault. Uh, the big question, of course, is how so. What you're talking about, Willis, uh, is the ultimate question. So, how is equality under assault, and how is democracy under assault? Right. I mean, presumably, he's talking about uh, January 6, but that is so what 18 months ago, right? So, why, why was this speech not given 18 months ago? I, I would kind of understand if he made this speech shortly after he became, uh, an, for, for shortly after his inauguration. I would understand that. But to, why, why now? Why in the early September would he bring this speech up? I mean, the answer is obvious to me, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But how so? How is democracy under threat? Okay, what, 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 what is going on here? Hold, hold it's a rhetorical question, all right? Okay, so he wants to answer the question. How, how is equality under threat? All right, let's continue on.
2: To the nation about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats, and about the incredible future that lies in front of us if only
0: we choose it. Okay, so this is a little weird. Um, he doesn't get into details of how he can now choose this great new future and what that future entails. What what are you going to propose, uh, Mr. Biden? Because you don't say so anyth- anything later on in the speech. You don't you don't propose it, but you hinted it. You hint really well. Okay, I'd, li- I'd like to hear. It. Um, so that, that's one thing. So then, and he talks throughout this speech about uh, we're the beacon of democracy. We're all equal. Greatest nation on the on Earth, and so on. Then he gets he does an inter- interesting turn on the topic. He talks about one Donald J. Trump, and how uh, the MAGA Republicans are the extremist threat to the to the uh, to all of America. Okay, no, in other words, they're not good guys. Yeah.
2: And with ourselves, too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal.
0: Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> I, I got to stop it right there. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's not normal. And whose fault is that? I mean, between 2016 and and uh, actually 2017 January and uh, January 2021, things were pretty damn normal, other than COVID, of course. But that's not that's not what he's talking about. Things were looking really, really good. I mean, it, I would love that normality. That that was fantastic. Okay, now. Things, you're right, are not normal anymore. But whose fault is that? Right? Let's explore how he, how he proposes to undo this uh, assault on normalcy.
2: Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now-
0: what is the extremism? Just, I mean, what is it? He's not going to tell you what the extremist philosophy is right i mean we we actually do view america as a beacon of liberty what is extreme that we want lower taxes we want limited government we want a secure border we 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 want gasoline powered cars we, we we want i mean what is extreme just anything just tell us i want to be very clear very
2: clear up front <clears throat> Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans.
0: Wait, I, I think the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. In fact, they all voted for Donald Trump, and they were happy to vote for him. And to the extent that people were squeamish about Donald Trump in 2016 voting for him, then, as, as I was a little bit, uh, as you were even more squeamish than I was, um, were hell, hells yeah uh, in 2020. So uh, you got that wrong. You have no idea, sir, uh, that the Republicans who voted for him, uh, I would say 99% of them were de facto, if not de jure, MAGA Republicans. All right? But you have no idea. So he's just throwing this out. Not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans, as if, as if there's some sort of outlier entity, the MAGA Republicans. But for some reason, we MAGA Republicans had a MAGA Uh, president named Trump, he seems to ignore that. Let's continue.
2: Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans.
1: All right, too many things uh, uh, to—yeah, go ahead. I just want to help define what a MAGA Republican is. We're people who believe the black unemployment rate being historic at historic lows during Trump's time in office is a very good thing. Yes. I confess, <laughs> that's yes, that's what I believe. Yes, for, for somebody who was
0: such a racist and such a fascist, uh, he, he certainly did a bad job of, of propping up the success of. I mean, it's like Hitler making the Jews all the more successful, you know, and they, and they thrive more than ever under Nazi Germany. Okay, like, this is a bizarre statement on the part of Biden, but look, he talks about how he works so well with. You know, the, uh, the, good the, the good ones and, and the, the ones who, who play ball with him. As I said on my Sunday show, the, their vision of a good Republican, that the one that they'll tolerate, is one that understands the necessity of climate change legislation, that understands the minimum wage legislation, spending programs and so forth. We, we're allowed to quibble about the amount. Of the spending program. So, so for example, in the uh, Build Back Better program that he proposed initially, that was going to be $2 trillion. If we said, no, 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 1.8 tops, uh, you know, we're allowed to argue that. Okay. But
1: the the idea that we we reject the bill entirely, no, then you're an extremist. You understand? A good Republican, as defined by him, is Ted Lieu and Dianne Feinstein. That's a good Republican. (laughs) Literally what he's saying, and I know this is a little bit gross thing, but literally what he's saying, a good Republican is a cuckold. A castrated cuckold. Someone who's absolutely no threat to me, who has no opinions, no balls, no sex drive. That's what we
0: would call it. Wants. We prefer the word gelding. Gelding is the word. Uh, yes, but I, I think your concept is exactly right. They want somebody who plays ball with them and will be nice, nice, and agree with them all the time. and then, And, and, and talks to them... By saying something like, well, that's a great idea, but have you thought about perhaps reducing the amount? How about this for an idea, oh, oh, oh kind sir? That's what they want. They, they, And anything else is extremist. Okay, let's but, – but so that's the one point of this set. And then he talks about the extremist ideology. And he talks about extremist ideology. He talks about um, how they're not the majority but they are the majority. Okay, so always using the word extremist without any single example whatsoever.
2: And that is a threat to this country. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> A threat to the country? How are they yeah, going right. to bomb it? Are they terrorists? Yeah. Are they going to tear us apart, limb from limb? Are we going to riot in the street and set fires to shops? Are they going to engage in one of those hundred percent off sales at Louis Vuitton in Beverly Hills? What exactly is the threat?
0: I think you went too far there with the Louis Vuitton thing. That, that's that's right, uh, that I should not abide. Anyway. Uh, the comment he made previously was something to the effect of, you know, we are harassed and intimidated by Trump. Like, really? I, if, if that's the case, then please intimidate me all the more. I mean, really, I, I need it. I need that kind of intimidation. Uh, no, no example whatsoever of intimidation. On the contrary, as I said in my show, because I, I talked about this particular uh, line about the intimidation. Like, no. I, you are so—how would you know that we're intimidated? How, how do you know that we're threatened in any shape or form? How? Right, And, and you, you don't know that whatsoever. Uh, by contrast, we are emboldened. We are inspired by the exhortations of Donald Trump and his successes. We are, we are inspired to do great things. We, we see what can happen. And he showed us that. Right? And he, that's the thing that we loved about Trump. And the reason why I think he's so hated is because he was so effective. He, he got things done. And he made it look so easy to get things done. He went about the peace treaty uh, in the Abraham Accords. He, he moved the embassy. All the things that, that you already know we talked about. He, he secured the border. He brought the inflation down. Energy he got independence. energy independence. Uh, regulations were, were just you know torn asunder. It was awesome. And he unleashed the economy in four short years. In fact, within two short years. And he got rid of ISIS. All, all the wonderful things that we've talked about at length, this... Is why we are emboldened Threatened, intimidated, no sir You're just inventing this out of your, you know what
1: Real quick on the threatening Intimidation point Isn't the guy talking in the speech The guy who just ordered a raid On his political opponent To intimidate him Yeah Yeah, not only that, but and isn't this the
0: party that if you raised anything about the vaccine or the shutdowns, uh, you would be threatened uh, and you you would just be canceled. You know, that's an implicit threat the entire time.
1: And one more thing. Um, I hate to bring this up because, you know, I mean, I I, you know, I don't like to dredge up the past. No, (laughs) aren't these the same people who questioned the results of the 2016 election and the 2004 election and the 2000 election? Of course. Yeah, of know. course. These are, these are, these are the,
0: the, the same people. Of course they are. And, and this is not even questioning. I mean, we, you know, ultimately they're talking about they want to kind of carry forward with this January 6th hearing stuff, like which nobody's watching anyway and nobody is caring. Now, look, I, I told you before we were talking about why now, okay? now. Now, here's the theory. And I don't think it's that incredible or original a theory on my part. But he's doing this now because he's got nothing else. He's, he doesn't have an economy to uh, to tout. He, he's, he's got to deal with inflation, which is the worst in what forty plus years. Um, the the border is wide open. Uh, Afghanistan was uh, still resonating, and, and it's such a debacle. It looks like Iran, Iran, Iraq rather is is doing the same thing. He's he's kowtowing to the Iranians, wanting to give them nuclear ambitions um, and let let them fly with that. These are uh, the issues that are dogging him. There's not a single success that he can actually point to. Now, they may say, okay, well, I've got the legislative thing with the, 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 the more minor Build Back Better program and such, but that's, and, and the, the, the forgiveness of the student loans, but these are not uh, popular. They, he thinks that they're popular, but they're not.
1: Yeah, they're so, just legislative tracks. Also, there's, there's a, I think, an interesting point in all this because I know you're sort of going in the direction, I don't mean to put the car ahead of the horse here, but, um, you know, that there's an election coming up. And that's well and good. But I think the bigger um, political reality at play is that the Democrat Party machinery and the elites who control it can very easily get rid of Biden if he proves to the world that he's an ineffective boob and an embarrassment to the party. And one of the ways they have a kill switch built into Biden's regime is the Hunter Biden scandal that they can unleash against him to force him to resign or even prosecute him at any time they want to replace him. So I think what he's doing here in this speech is throwing grist for the mill to the base as vociferously as possible to try to show the party elites that the base is still enthusiastic about the presidency of Joe Biden so that they don't Pick a different horse for 2024 and metaphorically speaking through prosecution, put him and Hunter's heads on pikes in this case, meaning prosecution impeachment jail. Okay, so I
0: I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think that this is an, an opportunity for him where they pumped him up uh, full of steroids or something so that it can actually sound that uh, he's somewhat articulate. In this particular speech, I'll give him that. He does not sound like he's about to fall asleep. So that's, that's good for him. Uh, <laughs> there's because, some stumbles, but not some, as much as normal. Yeah. Exactly right. So... They, this is to energize the base. They have to, at the very least, energize their base. And what is their base? The, the base uh, saying that, that these guys are a threat to democracy. Well, if that's the case, then the same base that hates this democracy, hates America at least, So while at the same time claiming to love democracy, not knowing what democracy is, not knowing that this is not a democracy, it's a republic, uh, these, are, these are issues that he has to deal with. So he's, he doesn't even know who the base is. That's the funny part of this. So... He's appealing to something. Hang on, Ari. He's appealing to something. But he needs to look like he's got a lot of fervor, a lot of vigor, a lot of pep in his step, and he's got some sort of mission in his head. It's not clear what his mission is, uh, but he says that they're going to take some bold action, whatever that means. Uh, at least that's a hint that I hear from this speech. I, I don't think that many commentators actually address this particular point. What Just what are you proposing, sir? This... He decided to have this speech in front of the Liberty Bell or Liberty Hall, whatever, right? Because where it all started, as he said, okay, fine. So what's the purpose? What, why are you doing this? Putting aside why you're doing it now, I think we've established why he's doing it now. What is the purpose? What, what is it here that you're doing? And I'm speaking rhetorically. What is the purpose? Who are you speaking to? I don't think he knows exactly who he's speaking to. Now, look, nowhere in this speech did he said anything about inflation, the economy, uh, COVID for that matter, gas, nothing, or the border. Nothing of these things were said. Okay, all right, I get the idea. Uh, Everyone knows that these things are floating in the air and he doesn't deal a single bit with them. Okay, And there's a reason, because it's a pure distraction. Now, I'm saying that as a matter of, of an obvious point. But the question is, will America buy it? Will the progressive base buy it? Because I think many people listening to this will be offended by the notion of the Liberty Bill altogether. Weren't, weren't these founding fathers all slave owners themselves? Why are we celebrating them? Why are we saying that anything that they advanced was a good thing, right? I mean, that that is a major issue for him. So that, that's... We're not really here talking about how this will help or hurt him in his election. The midterm election is coming up. I, I think it will be probably a non-starter. I, I think this is a desperate play. I hail Mary because he knows he needs to do something and that he's been told to do so. What what I'm more interested, in, Ari, is that this is a message that's been sent out they, that they want to do something big and something... Something dictatorial, something um, authoritarian, something is – this is setting up something. Not clear quite what, but he's going to later articulate that they need to do something because there's an emergency afoot. Well,
1: I have an opinion about this that – Wait, wait, wait. R.A. David has an opinion? opinion? Yeah, like people. What? Like you, what, like what? you, of all people? Well, I think what they're leading us towards, if you look at what's happened ever since January with Ukraine, is I think they're trying to provoke a war either with China or Russia for political purposes, at which point they can then use the old Woodrow Wilson and FDR playbook of imprisoning their political opponents for national security reasons. That's what – that's my guess because that's where this kind of thing inevitably leads – because you don't do that if you don't intend to do the, the next step. It's kind of like a chess move, set up. Well, that,
0: that's what vote. I've been saying. I mean, if you're hearing me carefully, Ari, I'm, what I'm saying is that they are, they, we're not quite clear as to what the issue is. It, it may be something about censorship. It may, I mean, may, may cut off all the bank accounts of people who espouse any support for January 6th, or for that matter, Donald Trump. Uh, because he's yeah, that the kind of threat. Canadian thing. Yeah, know, they, they, they exactly. The I mean, truckers. Canada did it. It's uh, why, why not America? Yeah, yeah the truckers. Uh, so these are these are the issues of the day. Look, I I, I want to. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about this particular speech, but it, it, then he followed up with it and he said more or less the same thing, although trying to walk back his effort to demonize all MAGA Republicans. But w- w- you know, this is too obvious. Um, there were what. How many millions uh, voted? 74 million voted for Trump, you know, without regard to the issue of uh, the ballot stuffing and stuff like that. Is 74 million? Yeah,
1: 75 Yes. Okay. All right, yeah.
0: so, you know, I would say a good 70 million of them are are meaningfully supportive of the MAGA agenda. MAGA simply meaning, you know, what is the MAGA agenda? Make <laughs>
1: America great again.
0: That's it. That's all it is. Like, we, we want to uh, think about America being first. Uh, you know, we don't want to give up our... Um, was a sovereignty to any other country uh, let alone Europe and uh we want secure borders. We want to deregulate as much as possible. We want to, want to limit government. We, we want to decentralize government. These are the ways that we handle
1: things, and that is somehow an extreme position. Let me make it even simpler. We want the electricity to work when we fill up on our light switch. We want the water to come out of the tap and not be poisonous. We want our homes to be able to be heated and cooled, and we want to go where we want to go in our cars for a reasonable amount of money for the fuel. Yeah. I, I think th- this is the- only to Democrats who believe the earth has a fever <laughs> is this yes. a bizarre set of ideas. Yeah. They, they, they will say that it's extreme, but not
0: once in this speech does they say anything about not only the intimidation factor, the threatening factor, right? We talked about that, but there's not a single explanation of what is extreme. Yeah. Not yeah. not one. Not one. And all we are saying as, as Republicans is we are finally getting back to what Republicanism is. What what conservatism is, and they feel that's extremist, which is ironic. No, no, it's not. It's it's bizarre. just it's bizarre because everything that they espouse is radical, right? Extreme, it, extreme, and radical. Uh, the transgender agenda suddenly that's that's uh, that's the norm somehow. Um, and massive, and- massive. Oh, hang on, hang on. Massive taxation, massive spending. Banning gasoline—that's what you want yeah, to say. Banning gasoline opening at up a the time board. where you're running out of
1: electricity.
0: Bo- you know. o- opening up the border that's wildly. Right. Yes. Uh, th- these things are somehow okay, and and they're normal, and and anything any deviation from that is extreme. Yeah. The, the only only um, a fascist, an authoritarian, could get away with language like that and actually believe it themselves. Yeah. Right? This this is the Ceausescu and Stalinist... Hitler. Uh, approach Hitler. They all believed their own lies eventually, right? And they th- not even eventually, I think they believed it right away, uh, because they had no pushback. And the question is whether or not Biden and his team are, are, have any pushback at
1: all. That's where I want to go now. At this point in this in this podcast, really fast. And this has been something Biden has. I want to make actually two kind of quick points. The first is a is a Krauthammer esque point. If you remember the great Charles Krauthammer, which is this speech is classic Joe Biden, as Krauthammer would say. He always does this thing where he speaks to people who he judges are so stupid they believe his nonsense. And he's so stupid that he believes that they believe their nonsense. And he says the most outlandish things. So he'll go in front of a black audience, say the most racist things while accusing his opponents of being racist. This is the same dynamic. It's just classic Biden being Biden. The other point about this is what you just said, which is when polled, what are the biggest issues facing Americans? Inflation, the price of gas, border security. Top three above all. Way down the list you know, below, like, number 15, climate change. But we're told climate change is the greatest threat facing us all! You know, emergency that must be addressed now through radical action, like making sure you can't get anywhere you want to go ever. And at the same time, telling us you're going to drive an electric car, but all these places that are run by Democrats are running out of electricity, right? So it's that... As you say, the classic Stalinist playbook of there's a starvation going on, but Stalin goes on TV and says to you, the, the Russian people, the kulaks are stealing your food. Yeah. Let's imprison the kulaks. Okay.
0: So the question is, I, I agree with you, that's what he's doing. So whatever suffering there's going on there, it's, it's the function of the, uh, the Republicans. It's the fault of the Republicans. Yeah. Look, uh, very key to me is whether or not Democrats and particularly the Biden administration themselves, believe this. I, I, you know, it may not matter, right? Because at the end of the day, who cares what you believe? It's what you do that makes a difference. And whether or not, you, you know, there's cash in your pocketbook and you're making enough salary and, and whether you're suffering from inflation and whether or not somebody from the border is, is drugging your children, I get it. Uh, but it's, it's fascinating to me how people can deceive themselves. I, I have no doubt in my mind that Biden doesn't know what he's talking about at all at this point, at this age. He did, once upon a time, uh, he was always evil, but now I think he's truly a puppet. Um, now they're, they're telling him what to, to read from the teleprompter, and, he, and they tell him to say it with passion. They may rehearse it a couple of times. They pump him up with steroids, like yeah, I said. Yeah, shake your fist to, here, yeah.
1: slam your hand That's there, right. Re- repeat repeat
0: this comment here. there. So that's what I think that they, they are doing with him, and I, I'm very confident about that. So the question now is: Are the puppet masters? Do they do they believe it? And if 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 so, how many of them believe it? And will it be enough to to alter uh, the uh, electorate of America? There there are big concerns involved in this, and I, I wonder what brings us back. You know, you know that I think a belief in God and a, and believing that God is central to our civilization is essential. To the continued success of our civilization. Otherwise, you believe in crazy things like transgenderism, and 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 that um, you can spend money to to fight inflation and all the things that we've always been talking about. Uh, he is the embodiment of somebody who is self uh, deluding and is delusional at the same time. I I, I worry about that because. You're putting aside all the, the timing aspects of it for the midterms and everything else, putting that aside for a moment, because I think it's obviously strategically uh, informed. I think Biden actually believes some of the things he's saying. I mean, in fact, almost everything that he's saying. Uh, and that, that his administration, as true believers, really believe this crap. We are facing people who say insane things. Insane. And that's where I want to kind of get to in this podcast right now. To what extent are people willing to believe in insane things? At what point are you willing to believe in something that's insane, so utterly irrational that if you were to look at yourself, let's say, 20 years ago and see yourself in the future, assuming you're old enough, um, and you say, wow, I, I believe that now? Uh, in, in the year 2022, I'm going to believe that. I was Really?
1: Those drugs? Really? Yeah. <laughs> something,
0: something like that. Ah. Like, it, w- what is it? Because I can tell you, the only thing that would surprise me back when I was 21, 20, you know, or that, that age more or less, is to to come to understand that I actually would believe that there's a God, and that God is the creator of the universe, and that I it would surprise me, because you know I was so immersed in the atheistic enterprise that. Uh, you know, to, to me to, to believe that I actually believed in that nonsense. Wow, that's what, what happened to you, Barack. But you know what I would say to myself? I would say, you must have figured something out. You you must have something something evidentiary came to you and you you made data points come together and you figured out that there's a God. I I wonder what that is. That's what I would say to myself. Okay? But if you were to say to somebody you will believe in the year 2022 Let's say you know back in the year two thousand, you will believe in the year twenty twenty two that a man can become a woman and vice versa, and that it's okay for them to participate in women's sports, and all the other crazy things that were going on. That that inflate that inflation can be, can be conquered by spending, can be conquered by spending more money. Uh, all the things that that are going on right now, yes, yes. You, you would say, you would say, no, I, I. I I, I,
1: You know, how can that happen? Well, what about just this simple one? If you were told in the year 2000, I think we might have even known each other around there hey, you know, that crazy Senator Joe Biden is going to be president someday? No way. That idiot? Well, okay. I, no, I, seriously. I, 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 it, it I agree. An impossibility. Well, but you could no. say the same
0: thing about Ronald Reagan before he became president. Well, I... that's
1: a joke leftists say. But know, you know, know, but you could see the little signs in retrospect. You go, oh, okay, I, I can see the through line. I can see how that okay. could happen. This is, okay. Uh, with with let's not, let's, not, like, get de- Biden, let's system... not get derailed. Let's
0: not, not derailed. It, it is, it is. Right. Let, let, let me Let me. That's how
1: crazy of
0: an idea it would have been. Okay. All right. I'm talking about the big social issues. The, the idea that a particular senator might one day become president, I mean, that's, that's always possible. Uh, you know, all the different shenanigans that can happen, the differing opens and closing of, op- of opportunities and scandals, and then somebody who was uh, in that Senate for, you know, decades is now president. That's not surprising. It, it's, um, that's not the issue. I'm talking about you individually as a person in the year 2000, being told that you believe X, and you say, whoa, I want to know how that came to pass. Sure. And, and are you, would you be embarrassed to know that? Like, you will believe it because everyone else believes it, Barack or Ari or John or Jane, whatever. You, you would say, I, I highly doubt that, uh, but you are going to do that, John, Jane. You will believe, and you will be, not only will you believe it, but you will be angry at anyone else who disagrees with that point. That that is what concerns me, and I, and I know that I will never believe in nonsense uh, akin to the transgender stuff, akin to the to the climate change nonsense, akin to a drag queen story hour and everything else that we're seeing these days, akin to believing that you can spend money to to fight inflation. Everything I I, I will never believe in that because I know myself. I I'm I'm a I, I, I was gonna say I'm a cynical bastard, but I'm not. I I'm I'm, I question. I just can't accept things the way they are.
1: Engages in critical thinking. Uh,
0: Yes, exactly right, and. I have to engage in that process, and that's the reason why I believed in God in the first place, right? I didn't just jump into it because I think it would be so cool to to believe in God, and and everything's going to be taken care of me, and I'm going to get to heaven if I just believe really, really fervently. No, I I knew that 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 is no way that I would get to God. I got to God through science and through logic, data points, all the things we talked about before. Uh, I just know that I know myself and why I, among many other people, well, only, no, I'll say boldly, very few other people held the stance about COVID that I did, which was, this is crazy. There's nothing to worry about here at all. Uh, I-, I believed it was being uh, manipulated by the left, but that, putting that aside, uh, I didn't see a clear and present danger as everyone else did. I was right. They were wrong. The shutdown was Madness. Uh, The biggest mistake, as Dennis Prager uh, has said, in uh, Western civilization's history, maybe the world's history. Period. This is a was such a huge mistake, and I was able to articulate that why because I I see data points. Right. Again, I'm not touting myself, uh, patting myself on the back.
1: On that one, you deserve it, though. I
0: I I do appreciate that. You really do. Yeah. (laughs) There, I guess he just patted me on the back. Uh, I, I and I I refuse to call somebody who so-called transitions from a man, man to a woman. I will not call him a she. I will call him a him, a he. I don't give a, a rat's ass what he wants to be called. Why? Why do I say that? Because, because you think it's no big deal.
1: You're
0: on team reality. I'm on team reality. We talked about this last week in our podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's an insult to God, right? It's God hate, hates lies. God loves the truth. You as a devout Christian, you as a devout Jew... You must not ever lie about the gender nonsense. And for that matter, you can't lie about anything, right? You always tell the truth.
1: Unless your wife says... So I unless, you know, no. Well, I think
0: that goes. Flat I flat. think that goes without saying. Yes, exactly right. Making
1: sure.
0: <laughs> that's right, men. Listen carefully. Making sure nothing Stop. changed on that one. Right, yeah, exactly. And that, that's the grand exception. I think it's actually in the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, you know, that thou shalt not bear false witness, except when your wife asks you if she looks fat in that dress. So uh, the Hebrew is very much more concise about that, I think. <laughs> Any, <laughs> that's not, anyway, it actually says that Yeah, it does. About. It does. And, and I'm, a, I'm a scholar on these issues. So you can't lie. And I know myself so well about this stuff. So it, it, I will not believe in that kind of nonsense. You'll never get me to say, well, you know, you really turned me around on this. Why? Because I love God. God is a, a, a huge part of my life. I, I, it's, God is everything in my life. Everything that I do is animated by what God wants from me, not out of fear of God, but out of awe of God and recognition of God's presence and God's creation of everything around us. If we don't do that, then we do run afoul of believing anything. Look, J, 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 G.K. Chesterton said that famous line, when you don't believe in God, you don't believe in nothing, you believe in anything. And we're seeing that, right? Everything that you are seeing around, uh, you know, orbiting the issues of the day, whether that's uh, you know, to, to believe that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation or the Russian collusion nonsense, uh, all the, the lies about Trump, um, when they themselves were trying to fascistically take over the country. Uh, The insurance plan, I mean, the the, the transgenderism, the the open border and pretending it's not happening and that the secure root causes of the border, ISIS will be something that we can't defeat for years and years to come when, in fact, we defeated them in six months. Uh, All these things, they'll believe in anything so long as you tell them. And that's why it's so important for each of you listening. I want you each to turn to your favorite leftist friend, your relative, whatever, and ask them a very simple question.
1: What the hell is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, okay, that's you good too. I was about to do. That. Yes, I, that's true. <laughs> you are not wrong about that, my friend. Here's the question I want you to ask them. I want you to ask them, is there anything in the mainstream conventional wisdom that you disagree with? Okay? And when I say that, I mean really,
1: What you see on your TV.
0: What you see on your TV. What CNN tells you. Is there anything you say, I'm not buying that crap? No, that's garbage. Okay, so example. uh, I mean, there's too many examples. The transgender stuff. Do you you subscribe to that? Do you think that, that, that that dog don't hunt with me? Uh, that that woman is a woman. That man is a man. I don't care what they the that they get do get to pregnant. their bodies, making get pregnant. All the things uh, that there is that there is uh, there was a Russian collusion. That uh, that that Trump uh, somehow said that there are good Nazis out there. All those things. Is there anything among and of course climate change? Right. Is there anything among those issues that you would say? I no. I absolutely not. Uh, And you you find it's not, I'm not even talking about tweaking it a little bit. Like, for example, you might think that global warming is real, but it's going to take a lot longer than that. And I don't know if I agree with, you know, the full scale destruction of the economy. We need to be compromising on that. I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about really disagreeing with an issue as fervently as as I do, where I I insist on never calling uh, a woman a man and never calling a man a woman. I, I will never do that. I will never play the pronoun game. Um, Sorry, that's it. Frankly, I'm not sorry. Um, Is there something like that among the issues that you are as fervently against? Not something that you're willing to play ball with or you don't care as much about as everyone else. No, something that you are fervently against and you think it's nuts. I want to hear it. That's what you ask each of your lefty friends. Is there anything in the conventional wisdom that you fervently disagree with? Okay, Because my point to to you and to them is that if they cannot say that there is a, a, not a single thing that they disagree with, then you can proudly point to them and say, you do not know what critical thinking is. You are a follower. You are a lemming. And they will take you over the cliff. That is, that's the best way to get at them. I, I'm telling you, it, it's not... You're not even challenging them, right? You're not, you're not saying that they're wrong about what Trump said in, in Charlottesville. You're not saying that they're wrong about uh, the, the intractability of a, of a woman being a woman and so on. You're not saying that. You're not, even, you're not even talking about climate change. You're just asking them, is there anything that they disagree with? Which makes them wonder, am I really thinking for myself? That's the main issue. Anyway, I love these discussions uh, but this Biden speech really kind of has set us off. And but but it really, it's not because we're angry about it. I mean, of course, there's enough to make you angry. It's more that it's reflective of a culture that is willing to imbibe anything. And look how he speaks without even thinking that he has to give examples to articulate his points because he knows so much of his audience will believe what he wants them to believe.
1: Right, and, and don't you as a lawyer always say... Um, the more ostentatious of the claim, the more powerful the evidence has to be to support it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he makes this incredible accusation of basically, Republicans are guilty of murder, and there isn't even a bloody glove or a right. knife or right. a body. Remember what I said
0: before, that a man can never be a woman? Well, I think Ari just proved me just otherwise, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my Democrat man voice. Oh, I see. Okay. You know? Yeah, the shouting of the sky. yeah. Yes, you know. uh, yeah. Uh, big claims uh, require big evidence. I think is the expression, and and that of course is very true. But 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 don't expect that from the from the uh, the Democrats at all. They they claim that COVID was the greatest threat to us all, and there's no evidence of it. They, they, the climate change, climate of change. course, is yeah. there's no evidence that it's man made. I mean, I, I don't doubt that climate is changing. It always changes, right? You know, colder or warmer Actually, all the time.
1: The weather. It, we're in September in Southern California. And it's September California weather. No, okay. well, that, it, it but really
0: I'm, is. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about long-scale, th- that long-term stuff. Let's, let's not give
1: them fodder. The point is i I'm not that- giving them fodder. I'm giving them the opposite of fodder. I'm saying it's the same as it always has been. So don't tell me it's changed. Okay. It hasn't. So
0: let me make the argument for them uh, in a sense because over time— uh, tens of thousands of years' time, there's going to be climate change. There was an ice age uh, once upon a time, and then there was, uh, you know, massive heat uh, departures. So, you know, the Sahara was tropical once as opposed to the desert that it is now. And it, it, this is too obvious. I don't want to get into that, Ari. The, 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 the point is that uh, they believe in these absurd things, and uh, they, they can't even articulate to what extent it's man-made, right what what percentage there's a question you can ask your your lefty friends what percentage are we responsible for? Is it eighty percent is it ninety five percent and it, even if you think it's ninety five percent so the other five percent you acknowledge is natural okay so so are you upset with that? I mean we can 't do anything about that presumably right and And where do you come up with the number ninety five percent that what it's, that it's man made right Oh the experts well, okay, but the experts go all, all different directions. You exclude the experts that say otherwise. You hear only the experts that you want to believe in the first place. So, uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> you, can't, you can't possibly win it with these people. Suffice it to say, as we wrap up this podcast, uh, you just have to question all the time. Every time you hear a speech, every time you hear someone make an allegation, and I say this as a lawyer, but I also say it as a, somebody with some degree of common sense, you have to ask Where's your backup? What are you talking about? Please give me the evidence to support. And don't make it just anecdotal. You know a friend who uh, got sick because uh, whatever. Uh, it, it's, I, I need to, to see much more. Okay? You need to, to have really good studies of these things. And they, they claim to love studies, but they actually don't want studies at all. Uh, that's where you fight. That's where you win. Get them to question themselves. All right, folks. Brockler is signing off. God bless and we'll talk with you next week.